What's up, everybody? Welcome to the True K Podcast. I'm in. You know who the fuck I am. I'm the motherfucking guy who fucking probably got you to listen to this by asking you to listen to it or you know me or uh yeah i don't know how many people listen to this that don't either follow me on instagram or know me from elsewhere why is there that fucking buzz Eh, i guess that's better um so yeah what's the point of hey it's andrew steiner how you doing guys it's kind of fucking cheesy and annoying, isn't it? Anyway, I'm in a bit of a mood. You know, my auntie is uh, not in good shape and I can't even get in contact with her. Um, but other than that, life is good, life is fine. My dad has his health. There was a bit of a scare because he, he fucking had some amnesiatic attack. But it was probably just a blood pressure stress thing, but other one that, he's fine, I think, I gotta call him again, uh, but my point being is, I mean, it's crunch time, not that there are huge stakes, but the stake is my own self-belief in, in my future as a comedian, and, um, and it's good, it's good that I'm putting pressure on myself and that I want it to be great. I take that as a good sign, but that doesn't mean it's not a little bit stressful and nerve-wracking. Of course, uh, I'm talking about next Friday. Um, I guess I'll put this out probably Wednesday. Friday, I'm debuting my first real fringe hour, my first real hour of comedy at all. Well, it's going to be 45 minutes, but eventually it'll be an hour. Uh, or maybe it won't. Who the fuck cares? 45 minutes is fine. I kind of like that better, actually, because from what I hear from older comedians, 45, 30 minutes is when people stop watching specials anyway. I can barely get through a special, and I'm a comedian. I can't get through fucking Chappelle's. I got through Chappelle's last special pretty quickly, but like in three t- watchings or more. That's quick for me. And Bill Burr's, I'm still like squeak i probably watch five minutes twice maybe i can't watch most comedy most comedy is even the best of the best like bill burr's amazing and i'm sure live i'd be happy to watch him do it an hour and a half but like videotaped comedy is like who the fuck cares i'm not it's, it's such a like a in the moment in in the room type of thing but anyway that's beside the point yeah this is my first uh 45 minutes, and it's if you haven't seen on whatever, social media or whatever, it's called How to Meditate, a burlesque show. And it's not a burlesque show, but there is kind of like stripping, dancing, and the old school burlesque, right? The, um, what do they call it? The vaudeville. I guess burlesque is like the French version. Vaudeville is the American. Is that, that sounds right to me, but I could be completely wrong. Uh... Yeah, it's like dancing, and there's a host, and there's sketches, and there's um, comedians, and and there's other shit, juggling, and all sorts of weird acts. I don't have any juggling, though I'd, I'd be open to, like, have a juggler do a few minutes, and that's that's kind of the beauty of it. It's like, I'm, I, I strip as Babalami, I mean, 
spoiler alert, <laughs> but I strip in the beginning in character, and um, and then I ta- do stand up about my time as a Zen monk, even though I wasn't technically a monk. I was I was training like a monk to potentially be a monk, but I wasn't accepted. I didn't take the ordination or whatever they call it, the vows of never doing things ever again, never having fun again. Uh, But anyway, it's about that time in my life, and there's going to be music and guided meditation and all this stuff. I keep keep thinking, like, I want to make it like a... Wes Anderson film. I know that sounds like a weird um, comparison, but not in the sense, not in that style of humor or even costuming, though that is, that would be cool. I'd need a kind of a crazy budget or, and to hire costume designers and set designers, but that would be fucking cool. But I just mean in the level of detail, the level of attention to detail of creating a world, an immersive experience. That is really what I aspire to. Like every line has been, every joke is great. You know, every every character is a unique individual that you have a feeling about. The story makes sense and pulls you from one scene to the other. And just like attention to detail, that's really what it comes down to. Pride in the details, going above and beyond to make it um, an experience. And that's what I'm shooting for. And I'm sure that will be a work in progress. But it feels good to have that ideal in mind um, as I'm heading into the first show. I'm going to do a, a dry run at the end of the open mic on tomorrow, Monday, at Olive's, um, which is cool of Dave Namory to uh, hook me up with that opportunity. And then, of course, the I, I the way I did this, I made like a mini fringe festival just because I wanted this to be like a fringe-style performance, theatrical stand-up comedy performance. Um, but... I uh, I don't know if I, that was a smart idea or a dumb idea. I just did it at Olives because Olives reached out to me, and I was like, okay, fine, let's just do it. And um, I had I booked four other friend shows, or I tried to book four other friend shows. Two people dropped out. One person is still on, and I'm sure his show will be fun because he's hilarious, but he didn't exactly take up the mantle of making it a fringe style production. Like I wanted some kind of script, some kind of theme, some kind of grand conception rather than just, you know, stand up and improv, but whatever, it'll be what it'll be. And then the other two shows that, that I replaced the people who dropped out with, um, I'm actually really excited for because they just got back from Edinburgh fringe. So they have been working on that exact style show um so i couldn't have worked out better really um in terms of what the overall product will be the overall for festival i mean 
I don't know if I've ever seen someone do a mini fringe festival, but that's what we're doing. And um, getting someone to host, a great comedian to host. Um, I don't know if they're who it'll be exactly yet. It's to be announced. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm also getting artwork made for when I tour it in the future. And uh, that guy Diego Pimentel, I don't know if you know him, he does all like laugh it up comedy clubs posters, and he just does all those comedians posters now, like Aaron Berg and. Brendan Sagalow, all these all these comedians who went to perform at Laugh It Up, and then um, they kept using him because he did such a great job. Actually, I used to work with his brother at uh, the Art Museum, Dia Beacon, but that's neither here nor there. But anyway, he started making a poster for it, and it's it's pretty fucking funny. It's got me like kissing my own foot as Babalami. I'm I'm like kissing Babalami's foot, and then there are all these like scantily clad ladies around me and. He showed me the first draft, and I was like, ah, maybe maybe give them more than tassels for the poster because I might have to hang this places, and they it kind of just looks like they have weird nipples, and they're naked, and I don't know how many shops are going to want that in their window, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll be a great poster. I mean, I, I, I this is the first time I'm putting on a show where I'm really okay with taking a loss I mean, I'm not okay with taking a loss, but I'm going to take a loss and I'm spending money because it's I see it as an investment in um, this show, which I plan to make great and hopefully recoup my losses or at least set me up to recoup my losses with the future shows. Because, I don't know, I think this I think this is my lane. I mean, I obviously don't know. I won't know until it's the future, but... I find just, like, standing there and telling stories kind of boring. Or standing there and telling jokes kind of boring for me personally to do. Not necessarily to watch people who are amazing at it and whose personality that suits, that style of comedy suits. But for me personally, I get bored of that. And I'm kind of, and I'm not that exciting to just watch stand there and talk. I'm not... I'm not that type of character where I'm like, and then I fucked him in the ass with a gun and he said, boom, boom, I'm dead. Uh, you know, I'm not like a, <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I'm not a character, you know what I mean? I'm not, I, I can be a character, but I'm only a character when I'm in, when I'm dressing up as a character or when I'm doing something. I am, uh, I was thinking about it like, if you ever watch Shaman King or like any of those animes where like people have special powers, special power types. And some people's power is to use objects and channel their energy through those objects. And I think that's my my power, you know, if I was an anime character. Like like whenever I played uh Smash Bros, Smash Brothers, that that game on where Nintendo characters fight each other. Uh, I always did the best when there were items around and I could just run and grab the item and hit people with that and throw it at them and like, you know, I, I played that game better than the rest of it. So maybe there's something innate about me where I'm like a tool user, you know, I like using tools to express myself. Maybe it's because my dad's a carpenter. Who knows? Um, But, uh, that's so why not 
do that in comedy. And and there's kind of like a, uh, a t- not a taboo, but a a judgment that comes with using props as a prop comedian because it can be very hacky if you're if you're not using it as a real extension of your personality and you're not writing good jokes for the objects. You're just kind of be like, I got an object. Isn't that exciting? Uh, laugh because I'm silly. You know, that's that's a danger. And I can fall into that danger sometimes, but I'm aware of it at least, and I'm fighting against that tendency to be lazy. Um, but anyway, my point being is I got a bunch of ideas that for future shows, but I don't want to spread myself too thin. I want to commit to this show and make it great and tour it and do it as much as possible. I'm planning... I'm already planning a bunch of shows. I'm, I'm probably going to be doing it in Kentucky at least two nights in November. Might be doing it in Jersey in October or November. I'm 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 in the process of emailing other places, but I'm also trying not to like, you know, put the cart before the horse. Horses are not good at pushing carts; they're better at pulling them. Um, so I'm trying to put the carrot before the horse and trying to just concentrate on this coming show and making it great. And I've I've been experiencing some I mean, I've been very disciplined writing pretty much every freaking day, going up and doing sets pretty much every day. And it's hard it's kind of hard to do these the set for a 45 minute narrative show at 5 minute or 3 minute spots. Oh, now the buzzing is gone. Right? What the fuck was that? Yeah, why was it buzzing before and now it's not? I wonder what the fuck that was. Oh, there's back. It's really... Oh, who the fuck cares? Um, but, yeah, that's has it had its own challenges. You know? Usually I wind up starting the show and then jumping ahead five or ten minutes so I could get some new stuff done but more often than not I get stuck in the first five or ten minutes of the show and then I'm like this is, I'm trying to do like 25 30 minutes of just the story so I'm finally getting to the last third of the story a week out um trying to tighten that up but as of yet it doesn't really have a solid ending I ended it I, I had practice ending it once yesterday at a uh, library open mic. They have this great theater at the library, like down the street from me, New Rochelle. And they have an open mic there. And they basically created all these rules, be- I think because of me. Because I uh, said, Kike, I'm Jewish. I'm allowed to say Kike. Come on. You have, you have fucking Tom, Huck Finn in there that says the N word in the library. You have erotica african-american erotic fiction i'm sure you have every type of erotic fiction in there but come on you have the most obscene shit i saw bush i saw a naked bush renting movies from the library you know so i don't understand why the mic has to be super clean when the library itself is not super clean nor should it be fucking art is about life and life includes sex and drugs and violence and racism and homophobia and if you can't talk about those things 
that's giving them more power than they deserve, you know? Especially homophobia and racism. But it's like, you can't joke about racism. Obviously, you shouldn't joke. I mean, you can joke for in a racist way. I'm not trying to silence people for that, but but I think that's fucking stupid and ignorant. But you should be able to talk about and make fun of those things and take power away from them. Though I, I've seen people sing songs like, fuck the Jews, I hate the Jews, let's kill them all. And they were silly and funny, but I kind of kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth. But maybe that's just my paranoia as a Jew, thinking that the the pogroms are coming back where in Eastern Europe people would rams, ransack Jewish villages and rape and murder um, them, us, my people. And uh, and I, it's it just bothers me that like. You know, we think that that'll never happen again, but so did we back then. Like, the Jews were integrating... Okay, anyway, this is not the topic. This is not what this podcast is about. I do want to have this podcast talk about being Jewish in the modern times with with Mr. Namery. But anyway, um, my point being, I'm working on this show, and it's been kind of tough. They, 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 I was doing one joke about... It wasn't even about fisting. I was just talking about meditating and not being, not learning how to meditate properly and that being kind of like having having conversations with your friends about what sex is like as a young young guy. And then I was, it was a stupid joke, but, you know, I, I mentioned a sexual act in a very offhand and not, not explicit way. I said a fist, putting her fist in her butt. Like, come on, it's not like she was slowly, knuckle by knuckle, driving her own arm into the hot, soaking cavern that was her orifice. Her pussy pulsed with the the desire of her own fist. You know, I wasn't doing that. God. I was doing a very vanilla PG-13 way of saying that. Yeah, the list said no erotic, which is not proper English. We're a poet. You got no proper English, bro. Not no erotic, no erotic, no no sexual to talk. No talking about sexual topics. No sexual topics. I don't know. Either way, it's fucking dumb, and it made me very uncomfortable i had I felt all that adrenaline going through my body when he corrected me i'm like ah oh, that's not erotic I, at first i played it off i i mean i don't know if the audience could tell how upset i was um but i kind of powered through but with like very restrained energy because i was just like trying not to let out how fucking annoyed i was that he censored me but whatever, that's just me being sensitive. At the end, I said, yo, this is stupid. This is art, bro. Chill, bro. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I got a, I'm, we're doing it. we're doing a sketch. We got Sean Barry in the sketch and Luke Rothschilds and um, Chris Gassler. We got a funny little sketch and 
Alexandra Izzy, I think, is dancing. And my buddy Danny Silversmith, is gonna pl- he's going to do a live soundtrack for the show, which is going to be fucking cool. He's a great guitarist, and it's fun to just perform w- with my buddies. And, um, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked, and um, I'm stoked to see how the show evolves and to get it into a really um, tight, hilarious, interesting, immersive thing. Um, Yeah, hopefully that is educational, kind of. I mean, obviously I'd rather be funny than educational, but I'm trying to make the guided meditations useful and funny. Um, Right now I got, I'm definitely doing two guided meditation. Maybe in the future I'll do three or, yeah. And that's basically it. I also might have to do it with no one, no sketch, no, um, no sketch, no other dancers, you know that that kind of thing. Just solo, no no guitarist. So there'll there'll be many different um, many different iterations of the same show. I'm sure, depending on the circumstances, which is a creative challenge. But another another thing that's been inspiring me is like I, I once saw that band Neutral Milk Hotel play at this brewery Omagong upstate New York and that was fucking awesome because they kept having people come in and out and um, like a whole horn section and then the solo guitarist, the lead singer and then the horn section. It's just like I love that dynamic, you know, where it's just like the energy gets super intimate and quiet. Hey guys, what's up? My nipples are creeping me out. And then all of a sudden the horn sections come in and we're like, we're at the circus getting molested. This is amazing. I mean, except for not those two things, but good positive things. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, um, yeah. But that's basically what I aspire to, you know, just interactiveness, a feeling of, I like to make people feel like they're on drugs without being on drugs. If they want to do drugs, that's fine too. But that's really my goal in comedy. Make people laugh and make people have an altered experience. Just feel like like reality is more intense than normal. They're more aware of reality than usual and open people up to the idea that that's possible and desirable. But still just telling jokes, telling dick jokes, and having fun and laughing at the same time. That's really my artistic ideal. And uh, this has been my podcast ideal. So hopefully uh, I'll see whoever this is listening. I'll see you at a show in the future. If not this one. Um, if you do want to come to this one, just Google Nyack Mini Fringe, N-Y-A-C-K, or go to my website, truekpod.com, and get tickets. Um, but more shows coming up in the future. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Thank, thanks for listening.